0: Apamada and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org.
1: Thank you. Good
2: morning everyone. Good
0: morning. My name is Todd if we haven't met. One of the teachers here at Appamata, welcome to our Sunday morning program where we offer three periods of uh, seated meditation with kinhen or walking meditation in between each, and then we'd like to finish up with uh, a bit of discussion time, some food for thought. Um, So I encourage your Questions and participation here at any point. Feel free to jump in. Um, one thing I like to point out, though, just as a little bit of teaching, is if you if you pay attention to our schedule at Upamada, both weekly and what what's going on in this morning's program, you'll notice that you know eighty or ninety percent of it is zazen, seated meditation practice. Just like this morning, we have. You know, two hours of meditation and then you know, 30 minute talk. So it's <clears throat> just a good ratio to keep in mind, right? Uh, talking about the concepts is fun um, and can be very helpful, but the primary part of our practice is not the understanding. So don't let lack of understanding get in your way. Just come sit with us. But with that said, It's good to talk about these things Mm -hmm. have friends to bounce things off. It can be very confusing what we notice coming up and what's happening in this this kind of practice. So today I thought I would um, bring to you a little bit of teaching from Suzuki Roshi, the founder of the San Francisco Zen Center and um, The lineage that we're in here. So this is a book called Zen is right here. I know you can't see it's too far away. Zen is right here. It's a little collection of um, teaching stories and anecdotes from the students who were around him for years in San Francisco Zen Center and they, they asked people to write down little encounters they had with him. You know, just because as a vignette of what he was like, uh, the things, the things that impacted these people. Mm. So it's a really neat little book. You can read the whole thing in probably
3: 30 minutes. <clears throat> I remember when I, um, in my early days of
0: sitting, I would sit at the Austin Zen Center, and I think a couple years in there, when Kosha was there, one session there or long intensive retreat, he had a scroll um, in English behind him and had three phrases on it. it said,
3: Everything's connected, everything changes, pay attention.
0: Everything's connected, everything changes, pay attention. It's a good summary for the basics of our Buddhist practice. We understand that everything changes. We understand that often our aversion to that and our grasping to hold on creates our suffering. We understand that we're not two and not one. We're not two in the sense that somehow we're all interconnected and tied up with each other. backwards we're not ones <laughs> we're all <laughs> connected and somehow tied up with each other uh we're not um uh, going not get out of the first time very confusing <laughs> we're also not the same as everybody else we're also unique individuals with all of our causes and conditions and karma that got us to that point so they're both true and we have to respect both But if we lose sight of the fact that everything's connected, that everything changes, and that we should be paying attention, um, we can get caught in our stories of what we think is happening, confuse ourselves, and keep acting out the same patterns that we have in the past. One thing I'd like to point to often is a, is a reminder of the four Viharas, of the four enlightenment abodes in Buddhism. And these are really, um, a different way of saying it is that these are the fruits of practice, the four fundamental fruits of practice, what, what grows out of your practice, you know, what comes into existence, and those are loving kindness, compassion, equanimity, and sympathetic joy, or feeling joy in the joy of others. So a good yardstick or good ruler is, are you noticing any or all of those four um, divine abodes showing up more in your life? That's a good sign. If you can feel loving kindness for others, compassion, equanimity with the way things are, and find joy in the joy of others, then you're probably
3: on the right track. So, we've learned that everything's connected, everything changes,
0: and we should pay attention. And so we end up at a Zen center, Or maybe that happens first looking for something looking for that peace of mind that we've heard about trying to figure out how the buddha said you could end your suffering wasn't that possible where do i find where's that class (laughs) sign up for that and we sit down we're instructed to sit and the first thing we notice is like oh my god What a horror show. (laughs) My mind is going crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I can never sit. You know, I can't do it. Right. We make space. We stop all of our busyness in life. We sit down and we start seeing what's up, what's actually happening. And that can be a little disturbing
2: when
3: we notice how our minds work. we'll right, start in the book now.
0: And remember, these are just written by various different students or people who are at, interacted with him. One day I complained to Suzuki Roshi about the people I was working with. He listened intently. Finally, he said, "If you want to see virtue, you have to have a calm mind." If you
3: want to see virtue, you have to have a calm mind. So the student's complaining about the people they work with.
0: The response is, if you want to see virtue, you have to have a calm mind. He's pointing at the fact that complaints can be there. Irritation can be there. If you want to see virtue, if, you, if you're open to it and you want to see something else other than your annoyance, you have to have a calm mind. You can't be distracted by the thought, your repetitive thoughts, the thoughts that you normally have. You can't, you can't see them as solid and absolutely true. You have to be open to there being another way. Is there another story here? Is there a way to see it from another side? In essence, what he's pointing at, which is kind of um, indirectly here, is that you get to choose the mind that you have, which is not obvious. Most people think that that's not possible.
3: But you can choose to look for the good in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. We get to choose our mind,
0: but that's not so easy. Normally when we sit down to practice, all we see is the trouble, all we see is the suffering, and we don't think we can do it. It was my first sashine, and before the first day was over, I was convinced I couldn't make it. My husband's turn for Dokusan came that after- afternoon. Dokusan is just a practice discussion, private practice discussion. My husband's turn for Dokusan came that afternoon. He asked Suzuki Roshi to see me instead. <laughs> <laughs> this is all a mistake, I told Roshi. I can't do this. I just came to be with my husband. There's no mistake, he insisted. You may leave, of course, but there's no place to go. <laughs> all the convincing that they couldn't make it, that they couldn't do it, that it was a mistake, of course you can leave. But you're going to take all of that
3: with you. That's going to follow you. There's no place to go. So we sit where we are.
0: We pay attention, we see what's up. Choco has a process of thought labeling, putting a little small word or phrase to describe the thought you just noticed. Grocery shopping,
2: <laughs>
0: planning my work, planning an argument, <laughs> it's a good one. As a, And this thought label has a way of disconnecting us from the solidity of the thoughts that we're having to exercise the witnessing presence that that muscle that can look at the thought and say oh i'm having the thought of whatever and that's transformational there is an entire world of difference and a change in
3: your life between He doesn't like me very much, and
0: I'm having the thought that he doesn't like me very much.
2: So there's nowhere else to go.
0: One day at Tassahara, Suzuki Roshi and a group of students took some
3: tools, is it the right one? That's the wrong one, sorry.
0: on the fourth day of Sashin, we as we sat with our painful legs aching backs hopes and doubts about whether it was worth it suzuki roshi began his talk by saying slowly the problems you are experiencing will go away is what we were sure he was going to (laughs) say instead the problems you are now experiencing will continue for the rest of your life, he concluded. The way he said it, we all laughed. (laughs) We take this monkey mind with us. There's nowhere else to go. It seems that there can be a different way and a different response.
3: As a matter of fact, it doesn't have to go away.
0: Write down the page number on this one. Oh no, I have to find it. <laughs> All right, I'm skipping it. So this work that we do, to sit back and take the backward step, to do thought labeling, to start to become intimate with our karma, our habits, our belief systems that have been ingrained since before we remember, the ones that are automatic, that come up with a judgment of how it should be and how it shouldn't be. We get very intimate with those and soften them looking for this loving-kindness, compassion, equanimity, and sympathetic joy, and just getting out of our own way and seeing if they come forward in the world.
3: There's freedom in that.
0: I like to say that if there's one bit of magic that Zen practice has, is that it magically creates choices out of thin air that weren't there before. In our habitual way, our karmic way of responding, there's a stimulus and there's a response, an egoic response, a trained response, habituated response. With practice, there's a stimulus There's an observer who goes, oh, there's my normal judgment response. Oh, I'm also feeling sad about this. I wonder what I should actually do. All of a sudden there's new choices that magically exist that didn't exist before, just from awareness. Suzuki Roshi washed his feet on the doorstep after working in the garden. His attendant, who was standing just inside the door, handed him a towel. She then reached down and pinched one of his toes. That is one of the powers of Buddha, Suzuki Roshi said. What is? she replied.
3: To see what someone needs and give it to them.
0: <laughs> There's a saying that. Enlightenment is nothing more than an appropriate response. One day in lecture, Suzuki Roshi said, when you are completely absorbed in your breathing, there is no self. What is your breathing? That breathing is not you nor air. What is it? It is not self at all. When there is no self, you have absolute freedom. Because you have a silly idea of self, you have a lot of problems. When there is no idea of self, you have absolute freedom. Because you're not caught in how you think you should respond, because you're not caught in your conditioned and habituated responses. When there's no self, no believed self,
3: there's choice there, there's freedom there. So we, But we must practice to develop it.
0: Find that calm mind that can see virtue. To understand we have a choice of which mind we bring to any situation. The monks at a Japanese training temple had questioned a disciple of Suzuki Roshis about the validity of his ordination.
3: Just in the middle of a little talk.
0: Uh, i'm reading little teaching stories from uh, suzuki roshi the students of his that wrote down interactions that made an impact on them the monks at a japanese training temple had questioned a disciple of suzuki roshi's about the validity of his ordination they said that it wasn't real because he hadn't gone through a proper ceremony hadn't done any monk's begging, and hadn't had his head shaved or received robes until he arrived in Japan. So, am I a monk or not a monk, he asked Suzuki. Things go the way the mind goes, Suzuki told him. If you
3: think you're a monk, you're a monk. If you don't think so, You're not alone. Things go the way the mind goes. It's
0: a good idea to pay attention. It's a good idea to be vigilant. Which mind are you bringing to the situation? And do you have a choice?
2: One evening in
0: a lecture, Suzuki Roshi said, "If you're not a Buddhist, you think there are Buddhists and non-Buddhists. But if you're a Buddhist, you realize everyone's a Buddhist, even the bugs." <laughs> <laughs> Crowd on the, really the bell.
1: They're ringing the bell.
0: Ringing the bell. We had a we had a little visitor. We had a cockroach today that somehow was in the little bell trapped in it and we spent the entire sitting period or two hearing his legs and t- tinkling trying to get out of the bell as he kept just sliding down we had 30 minutes of
3: that <laughs>
1: uh, i was sure it was a cat outside maybe with a little...
0: Yeah, I was pretty sure I'd gone crazy about twenty minutes earlier. <laughs> anyway, that's not even part of this, so I don't know. That was just part of the environment here today.
3: Even the books. What he's pointing to here is, if you're, if
0: you're a Buddhist, you realize that everyone's a Buddhist. You realize that. Not in the way that we would you know, normally suggest it, but everyone's a Buddhist in the way that they're doing their best they can. That they're trying to figure out how to live life, how to respond to what's happening in this moment and the next. Suffering,
3: struggling, experiencing joy.
2: Everyone's a Buddhist in that way.
3: So we continue this work to develop loving kindness,
0: compassion, equanimity, and sympathetic joy. It's a training. We come here all the time, we sit down, we start the day with the rope chant, as the monks would put on their ordination robes or their cases in the morning to begin their practice day. They would do the rope
3: chant. As a reminder of what they were doing,
0: a brief verse that has always been recited at the Zen Center goes like this Great Robe of Liberation field far beyond form and emptiness, wearing Buddha's teachings, saving all beings. It's a little bit different translation than we do here, but the same thing. Great robe of liberation. We say vast is the robe of liberation. Vast, great, is this practice that we don, that we put on, that bring forward freedom and liberation. A field far beyond form and emptiness. It's beyond what you think of you and other, absolute and relative, forward and back, in and out.
3: Wearing Buddha's teaching, saving all beings. If we can wear
0: it, if we can put it on, if we can bring it forward into the world. In that moment, that's saving all beings. In the early 60s, this was chanted only in Japanese. No one knew what it meant. One day, a student went to Suzuki Roshi and asked, what's the meaning of the chant we do right after Zazen? Suzuki said, I don't know. Katagiri-sensei, his assistant teacher, started going through the drawers, looking for a translation to help answer. Suzuki suddenly gestured to him to stop. Then he turned to the student, pointed to his
3: heart and said, It's love.
2: Practice is love.
3: Put on that great robe to
0: know that you want to bring forward loving kindness, compassion, equanimity, and sympathetic joy to manifest it in the world because you know
3: we're all connected, because you know everything changes. That's love. We choose our mind that we bring to practice.
0: If we're lucky, we remember what we want. Even in the situations that seem impossible, you have that magic choice that you can create for
3: yourself. Here's one
0: from Suzuki Roshi, very near the end of his life. Suzuki Roshi had been quite ill. He had been falsely diagnosed with infectious hepatitis and had gone to the hospital for more tests. I went to visit him just as his lunch was served. He motioned me to come and sit next to him at the edge of the bed. As I crossed the room, he mouthed the words to me, I have cancer. When I sat next to him, he leaned over and took a bit of food on his fork and put it in my mouth. (laughs) And he smiled. Now we can eat off the same plate again. He said it as if the new diagnosis were some big gift. He was excited that he had cancer and it wasn't hepatitis and they could share food again in that moment he was experiencing the joy of sharing and being with others in the the situation where you've just been told he has cancer instead of something treatable So, we show up to a Zen center like this to learn how to be with our own mind, to learn
2: how to step out of our own way, to learn how to be
0: open to the choices and possibilities that are there in each moment.
3: And when we remember to choose what we want, to bring the mind that
0: we want to bring. The choice is there. Don't beat yourself up if you miss it. There'll be another one. Thank you very much. What time is it now? It is 10.31. Okay, so we, we have at least, you know, 10 minutes for any questions or comments or reflections?
3: Anything you guys would like to bring up that seems useful? Hilda. I hope this is helpful. Um yes we have a choice and sometimes we're so habituated in our self-centered dream that it looks like feels like we don't and that is why I'm grateful for Almada. Have a teacher to guide me. I have Buddhists and Buddhas next to me to guide me and to reframe, and to open a door, a Dharma gate, looking at things differently when in the moment I can't. So yes, we have a choice, and as those neural pathways connect differently, until then I'm grateful for everyone here Mm -hmm. and this practice. Dan. I was thinking while you were talking, you were saying the rope chant about vast is the rope of liberation, and you were saying, we have this way, we have this teaching, this path, and thinking, it's also all the Dharma gates, it's also everything that happens. We will get another chance. Vast is this rope that is available to liberate us. The choices, the chances to make a choice roll over us, and over us, and over us. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking how that's a robe as well,
2: mm-hmm. just everything that happens. Hello.
1: Can you speak a little bit more about equanimity? How do you understand it, please?
3: Feeling okay with the fact that things aren't okay. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Not fighting what is. Dancing with it. Crying with it, screaming at it sometimes. There's a saying that and someone who maybe gets the words right can help me
0: remember the quote, but I was trying to remember this morning with Anne, that um, enlightenment is nothing other than uh, the lack of concern of your own delusion, right? It's feeling, oh, enlightenment is just understanding that, yeah, we all have our delusions, it's okay. I don't have to fix it but it's best if you recognize it or else you'll just play it out over and over again so we don't have to fix it but we don't
3: want to be confused by it we don't want to get caught seems like something got touched there huh do you want to say anything about it no We have rosemary
1: online. Hi, uh, thank you, Todd. Um, so um, I just wanted to to talk about when um, an unwanted part comes up. So meaning um, realize something about yourself, um, a new a new understanding um, that. Um, you might want to reject because it's painful so um this happened to me recently in the last few thousands and um for me um it was very important to not turn away from it to um listen to what it had to say to me because it was new and that was my um freedom right there because um it was a day it was well it was friday i had Um, An enormous amount of work to do, and my intention was to just get right to it right after Zazen and. um, With the help of some spiritual friends. um, The decision was to take the day off and to be in nature and listen to what this um, part that I did not want to turn away from had to tell me and move from there, and it was quite a magical day so. Um, I just wanted to add that to the mix. It's just a little bit of a different perspective. Um, so thank you.
3: Looks like Jeanette has her hand up.
1: Yeah. Yes, hi. Um, it's so good to be with you all. Um, I'm glad that Milen asked about equanimity, and I have a question. Um, how do you know when to accept something as it is and when to do something to change it? So there are times, like let's see, let's say you see somebody being treated badly um, for racist reasons, or. Uh, something is going on in the world that you want to help make a change about, or you could do some exercises to improve your back pain. Like there are things, there are times, it seems just to make an effort to to make changes. And then there are times to accept everything as it is. So I'm curious about that from your perspective.
0: Just a little question there, that's all. (laughs) It's like, what's the meaning of life? (laughs) Yeah, I think this is the fundamental, a fundamental basic question of Buddhist practice. Buddhism can often get the bad rap of being seen as passive. Oh, I just need to learn to accept everything as it is. But it's not. It's more about acting from clarity and not acting from habituated response that you have just in your trained and learned behaviors over the years. But your question points right to the root of practice, to the ground of practice. How does one know when it's time? How does one know when you're coming forth from a space of uh, clarity and spaciousness and not just reacting out of the way you would normal react? That's the ground of practice. It's good to pay attention. It's good to have a daily practice where you create some space and little bits of stillness between the stimulus and the response. Where you might pull from your toolbox, you know, seven different responses that might be possible in that moment, rather than the one
3: or two you would do before. I don't have any good answer. I would say
0: a rule of thumb maybe to use is, would it lead to compassion? Would it lead to loving kindness, equanimity, or sympathetic joy? There's a saying I like that the bodhisattva's vow or the bodhisattva's role is to turn every encounter a little bit towards freedom and enlightenment. Mm. So this is a practice for you with no answer, but if you can keep those things in mind, hopefully you'll be heading in the right direction. Just remember to uh, course correct and repair quickly (laughs) when you get it wrong.